0: Welcome to another edition of Chopped Greens. I am your host, Philip Amrine, and sadly, I am sad to report that our streak, our naked streak, no, there's no, there's no nakedness to the streak, but our streak, me and Gareth Boucher's streak of being in studio, being next to each other, yet not next to each other, It is over. It is over. We are now back in our own separate ways, in our own separate studios. Gary, you come to me from across the way. How are you today, sir?
1: I am having a jingle jingly great time today. I I am sad that I'm not just, you know, a few feet away from you separated by glass surrounded by bobbleheads. I can't see your your bright and shiny face up up close. It does does suck. I, I, I do like being there
0: yes it's such an aura isn't it It it's you just look around and there's always something new that you find you're just oh wow that is just delightful that is just wonderful but hey (laughs) now the the benefit as many people are finding nowadays that are still blessed to have jobs remote work you get to just go and just slob on the couch after this if you so choose to or hey since you're home do whatever you want because you're home yes that's what that's the advantage gary that's what you get i have that is your reward
1: you know a few feet away um I am in my pajama pants, but I could be, I I might not be wearing any pants. I mean, I am, but you know, it's, you're at home. No, yeah, absolutely. Show a little respect. You you can do whatever you want. I mean, it's, it's really great.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And Hey, I, just like you said, just because you're in sweatpants, that actually is not a determining factor of whether you are with me or not. Sometimes you wore pajama pants. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. All right. You alluded to it. Let's get right to it. We watched this week on our Christmas endeavor, we watched a little Jingle Jangle, a Netflix original film, released November 13, just in time for the holiday season. Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey, coming in at a whopping two hours, two minutes.
1: Long movie.
0: It is a long movie starring Fittest, fittest Warrior. No, <laughs> Forrest Whitaker. Surprising. Ke, Keegan Michael Key. Uh, Hugh Bonneville. Aniko uh, Nani Rose. Madeline Mills makes her, her, at least to my knowledge, screen debut. Uh, what else? We got Felicia Vashad. Uh, anybody else that I can see? Oh, of course, Ricky Martin. Ricky Martin plays a role in here. So we got a, we got a weirdly studded cast here. And I'll be honest, I'll be honest, Gary. When I stumbled upon this film, I had no clue what I was getting myself into. I'd imagine you were much of the same, yes?
1: Yeah, so I didn't know that this movie existed, and... I'm surprised, maybe I'm just blind, but I feel like there would be like a lot of marketing for a movie like this. I mean, it's really well done, budget's obviously pretty high, it's very effects heavy, big actors. Um, the only reason I knew about it was because I actually told my 9-year-old sister, 9 years old Jesus, she's 12, um, wow. I, I, I told my 12-year-old <laughs> sister, I, I was watching a movie called Jingle Jangle, and she was like, oh, the movie about the... And then she told me like a very convoluted 12-year-old version of the premise, but I didn't know it was a musical. I didn't really know what I was getting into. And within ten minutes, my expectations were shattered. You know, like three different times. Um, it, it, it's oh, kind of nice yeah. to go in blind sometimes like that.
0: Absolutely, this is a delightful movie mm. to not to not have any knowledge or expectations to go in with because. It, it's it, there are so many revelations not knowing anything coming into this film you you come in not knowing one, not knowing anything so then you're just enjoying it And to be perfectly frank, I thought it was just an inclusive film at first. That was just going to be a Christmas film, that was all about inclusivity, and it was that. It, it certainly was that. Yeah. But then we we go to the next section and we transcend that. It's a musical. I had no idea going into this film. It was a
1: musical. <laughs> That's what really got and, me. They started they they broke it into song, and I was like, wait a second. And then because the when I see Forest
0: Whitaker, yeah, yeah, when I see Forrest <laughs> Whitaker as like the star thing, I don't I don't associate Forest Whitaker with musicals. So all of a sudden they start singing, and I was like. No, okay, and then we and then not only that, we go to the next film and or the next part, and 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 it's good, it's good music. I I was quite happy with the entire production value of this film, and and man, does it deliver on so many levels. So okay, so we so we find out that we sing, well we find out that the music, the music is bopping, it is a banger, and. Uh, to add to the rest, uh, it, it's actually it's quite good on costuming. It's it's a oh, weird. Yeah. I yeah. I I think I feel like we don't uh, go enough on production elements in in these in these podcasts. So I, I do want to set aside the 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 costumes are appropriate for this genre that I I find hard to actually describe. I'd say steampunk meets Christmas. Meets A Christmas Carol.
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I did expect the uh, the steampunk, but that actually, may- it's it's like fantasy steampunk a little bit. I mean, you, what's this, like probably industrial revolution, like late 1800s. And yeah, I mean, the, the production and costume design I think might be like one of the top three things about this movie. I mean, I forget w- what a shop is called. It's called maybe... Uh, Jingle Jangles or I I don't know what what force Whitaker's toy shop is called. Um it, it's like its own little world. I think it's so well You're done. Right. Um I think that for me the first thing that I think about when we talk about this movie is that girl, Madeline Mills, who plays Journey.
0: Yes. This is Yes. Yeah. Now here we go. Here we go. Child actors tread carefully, Gary. Let me say tread that, carefully. You know, our
1: last movie Home Alone. That was our last movie, right? It was it was Home Alone.
0: Yeah, it was. It was indeed. This is
1: like a Macaulay Culkin level, not maybe performance, you know, as iconic, but in terms of like her holding together the movie and being really infectious. I got those same vibes. I mean, her her face is just adorable. She's act. She's not like really overacting at all. She plays really well off of Forrest Whitaker. I feel like, and uh, she, every scene she's in, she is. I mean, she commands your attention. She's. Fantastic! I mean, this girl's gonna have a great career. I hope because she was Gary. a revelation. Gary, what you got for me? I,
0: I have a confession. You didn't like it. I I really enjoyed her performance. Oh
1: yes! There it you go. it
0: it was really really good, Gary. And I, I'll be damned if I did not want to like it. But damn, it was a good performance. You want to talk talk about the energy that we talked about with Kevin uh, Macaulay Culkin last film? This girl has it in spades. Her voice was great. She had her own Anastasia moment later in the film, totally earning it. And dang, I mean, again, let's 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 be fair to at least let me offer a, a small smidgen of of probably perspective here. It is a fantastical story, so enthusiasm and unbridled joy are called for, and she delivers in spades. She she is abs. So I mean, it's appropriate for the film. My goodness, is she not perfect? However, to juxtapose that, the the other kid. I was, I as good as she was. I was quite annoyed by him time and time again. I I he's don't who know. Plays, um,
1: Edison. Edison. Uh, mm-hmm. He was. I love the names. He was like I, the the Gimli. I mean, one note. He could have been more, but he was funny. Um, you know, he he was fine. But uh, I mean, I he, know, he's, not, I, he's nothing. It was close so to cheap. Her. I mean, he it was so cheap. But, I mean, if you want to put dude. it in perspective, like a really good child actor would probably put in his performance. This girl. That he was with, it's a little unfair because, like, the level that she was operating on, I thought was really, really good.
0: Yeah, I. <laughs> she was a- as star studded as she felt. She felt incredibly appropriate with the rest of the mainstream actors that joined. Yeah, I was going to say, did you in the room
1: with, with Forrest Whitaker or, or Keegan Michael Key, and she's doing just fine. I mean, no hiccups at all. I was like, dang, these are some heavyweights that she's going toe to toe with here
0: oh absolutely she totally fit within her own self and she has a a smile that is just energetic i could not sing her praises enough truly truly if if nothing else her presence in this film makes it worth worth watching in both singing and of course acting um but let let us move on to forest whitaker I was incredibly surprised by his singing, it, it, his uh, his performance in in the song. I, I've got to look it up here. It's uh, make it work was was making me work. It was a great Bob. It had a great beat, and and his part was so good. It I oh. I, I of course his acting was was brought he had an incre- he had an uh, an incredibly good Scrooge like performance in its own twisted way but hey I <laughs> it, it was appropriate for the for the genre for the for the theme of the film and uh and he's sang i I was incredibly uh receptive to his entire performance gary
1: yeah I uh, w- when he opened his mouth to sing out because you know he doesn't sing in, in the first Seen that he's in that's a song he he just kind of speaks and acts awkward right and I was like okay so Forrest is gonna have to have a song and you know it's it's one of those situations where you you can probably speak to this more being more of a musical theater person than I but there's always one character or one person in a cast who really can't sing and so you have to write them a song where you know they can do it just fine with like their six out of ten voice and his song did that for him i mean and of course his acting is just off the charts as always no matter what he does i th- i thought he was a little um not weird i mean he's just interesting you know he 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 makes choices that i feel like a lot of other older male actors wouldn't make i mean it's it's it's, it's fun to watch um it's not bad by any means it's pretty good but just a little bit different if that makes any sense
0: no, no, he he had an awkward. Okay, so so the, if if this is an assembly to a Christmas carol cuz it kind of is. It's just an updated version really. I mean, it, it kind of feels like that um but just with little nuances. Um yeah. but the biggest, you know, similarity of course is Horace Whitaker feels and fulfills the Scrooge role in this and his 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 rendition of it was was quite interesting, unique. Uh it, it felt very introverted uh which was uh was called for within the script, but at the same token, you definitely did see a progression and a and a and a trans, uh you know, transformation within his character arc to where he became this this buoyant and and very jubilant person by the end and but it did not start out that way he was very awkward um but purposefully so uh very awkward and very uh, i i i want to say almost rain man-esque is that is that respectful enough is that true gary
1: yeah i mean obviously not on that level but Boiled down, no, no, yeah. I, especially, I think compared with the guy who they had playing him in the first, you know, fifteen minutes of the movie when it's the prologue, um, who I thought was was pretty great, um, very good. Uh, it was a little bit more, you know, theatery. Uh, you know, force Whitaker is definitely a film actor, like dialed in, like idiosyncratic. And that first guy is like, I have done musical theater and I am a, an inventor. You know, absolutely. Um, and so it, it feels a little bit weird when they go from that, like pretty by the numbers, like, big theater actor type guy to, like, Forrest Whitaker, like, just, you know, making these crazy character choices, obviously, you know, just coming from a completely different camp. Um, I, I guess it makes sense with the character because he p- kind of lost his mind, lost everything. Uh, I think that only in this instance does that <laughs> work because it, he really feels like a way different person than the guy playing him, I mean, in the first 15 minutes. But, I mean, obviously in this movie they cast Forrest first, I would assume, because he's a way bigger oh, name, yeah. and then you have to go retroactively cast another guy, who obviously they liked just fine. Um, and I thought he was great, but it, it is very different. And yeah, Forrest, um, uh, it's, he's, he's like in his own head, you know? And you can see him making these choices, like whispering to himself and, and, and muttering and treating other characters really weirdly. And he's really playing up the uh, crazy uh, genius thing. Yeah.
0: We would be remiss... We would be remiss, Gary, if we did not bring into the fold and our loving embrace Lisa Davina Phillip, otherwise known as Miss Johnston, or Mrs. Johnston. Miss
1: Johnston.
0: (laughs) You're right, absolutely, Miss Johnston. She
1: was, um... Everything. And she was extra? Yeah, she was extra, but it was, I mean, it, it was a welcome extra. You
0: know what? She was, yes, she was a heartbeat. And I say that where there were moments where she was so extra that it took me out of it, but dang nabbit, I, (laughs) she had moments that were just so dang funny and brought so much warmth to my, to my little Christmassy wreath tart that I just totally enjoyed it. And and you know what? She created a character that was, within her realm, believable. I don't know that there were other... Like, if somebody else had made such an extreme choice, it might not have worked. But because, because she was making those choices as Miss Johnston, it it worked. You know? It, it worked, and... Man, was she also, just just she, energetic, funny, and her song was, I was good. I She had the
1: best voice in the movie, like straight up best singing voice. Might have to give that medal to her because, oh, she had a few riffs in there that just like gave me chills. Um, absolutely, yeah.
0: absolutely, and her backup singers, backup really singers were good. were, at, yeah, were phenomenal in this film. So Way to go!
1: It's, it's so I, I always find it interesting when. You know, musical hybrid movies or whatever, or, or musicals in general have characters who point out the fact that they're in a the musical like Forrest did, but only when it was, you know, Miss Johnston and, and her three backup singers. <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting <laughs> when they try to do that because otherwise they have full choreography going on in, in the streets. But it, we should uh, give a, a quick intro in, into, you know, the plot, what's going on. There's basically... Um, absolutely uh, it follows a, a fictional town maybe england maybe i mean there's half english half american accents going on here we can say england and yeah and, uh, edison's
0: definitely english yeah. as opposed to everybody else had an american accent there's this
1: this toy maker and in inventor's name is geronicus jingle and basically he's very successful and just as he's about to really hit big his assistant at the behest of a toy that geronicus has made that comes to life um, which is something that I want to get into, basically steals Jeronicus's sketches and his plans for more toys, and basically steals his livelihood. His old protege becomes the biggest toy maker in the world, and Jeronicus falls on hard times. Uh, His wife passes away, and his daughter is estranged. And and the story really begins when Jeronicus's granddaughter comes to visit him for Christmas, and he basically runs a pawn shop, and he refuses to acknowledge that he was an inventor, and she has to help him, you know, relearn the the meaning of Christmas. Pretty much, if you want to boil it down to that. Yeah,
0: ex- ex- exactly. Yeah. Um, with that, I I really, since it it kind of marries the two of when we're talking about performances and story. Did you did you enjoy one half of the bad duo? Did you enjoy Ricky Martin's character? Not even Ricky Martin's performance. It it is what it is. But the toy, the the Don Juan, uh, per, uh, like just to existence. I'll say, Don Juan Diego.
1: Did did you enjoy that aspect of the film? I think it's the one major problem with the movie. And I I there's some like funny stuff when you can talk about like this is f- just f- ridiculous that this <laughs> that the toy you know becomes self-aware and then is suddenly evil. That's a whole other just kind of nitpick thing. But uh, as far as, like, the actual story, the big flaw is the the toy that somehow becomes a villain really fast and then they only periodically touch on him when they need to and it feels like he should be either a way bigger part of the movie or not in the movie at all. Um, yeah. Very underutilized and just feels weird with everything else because you could you know, in some ways take the whole evil former assistant and evil Don Juan doll, you know, storyline out and replace it, and it, the movie will probably better for it, but there's this weird villain thing going on. doesn't really land. It doesn't really feel like it pays off because at the end he just goes, oh, yep, I'll have to recalibrate you. And, I mean, you know, he could have told you that at the beginning, but essentially, like, you know, it, they set it up as, like, a really big evil villain thing and then they don't revisit it till the tail end of the movie and then they're like hey remember there was this really big evil toy and uh and that's it um but otherwise it really doesn't feel like it has that much bearing on the story honestly it felt
0: uh is a bit of a spoiler so so if anybody's listening has not seen it wants to watch it let's let's skip ahead like 30 seconds use that 30 second forward and uh go Click it like three times. But anyways, <laughs> really fast. It, it felt like they were really rushing towards that ending. They really wanted the ending. And I think what the ending that they wanted was was um, Gustafson's redemption almost, or at least him getting the present and Force Whitaker giving him the present Uh uh, and and kind of having that moment of, oh, if only. So they didn't want to make him completely evil and just and just kind of give in to that narrative. So they created a toy. But at the same time, they wanted to build the character of Gustafson, or at least, and then kind of not... Yeah. And in doing so, they used a tool. But they, it should have been I feel new. like if you're going
1: to... I was gonna say it should have been just Gustafson. Sorry, keep going. But yeah, exactly.
0: They, it felt like they divided one character into two, and it really did a disservice to both as such. Because on the one hand, I thought, okay, maybe nobody else knows the existence of this toy. No, no, that's actually not the case at all. Everybody knew the existence of this toy, and just it wasn't special. It was it was really a weird aspect of it. And I don't. I it's either to justify the existence of the ending for. Keegan Michael Key's character Gustafson, or it's to justify the existence of Ricky Martin in this film. <laughs> I don't know yeah, which it I is, mean... but one either way, it really dilutes an evil character or presence in this film. That it, that I think you could even argue maybe it didn't even need, maybe some, no. maybe a different route was necessary. I don't know, but well, and,
1: and and it's just more interesting if Gustafson makes that choice himself because. Really, Don Juan is like the personification of, you know, the old angel on one shoulder, devil on the other shoulder. Speak. I mean, he's he literally sits on his shoulder and speaks evil things into his ear while, exactly. while Justin Precisely. doesn't really want to. I mean, come on. Um, and it, it's just, I mean, it's, it's also like a plot hole of like this guy spent his life making this elixir to make the toy come to life. And then as soon as he does, the toy is like like, Chucky-level evil. I mean, he, he ruins this guy's life and tries to take over, and it's it's also philosophically funny. I mean, he wakes up, and he immediately is like, I'm a toy, but I must be the only one. Like, you know how, how Buzz Lightyear freaks out when he finds out that, you know, he's one of, of a million other Buzz Lightyear's. It's just weird. It just opens a can of worms that's never really touched on again, and then it's just unnecessary. And, you know, they could really play up Gustafson and it cheapens his character when it's like the toy made me do it you know
0: uh, exactly I think that either commit more to the toy or not but the compromise that we landed on really just yeah did a disservice to to the plot when we're talking about a character and their development yeah. and and where their place in the story because they really felt like a forgotten oversight and added 40 minutes to an otherwise serviceable and great film for the for the thing. Well,
1: and and here's the thing too this is like I mean this is above a level of nitpicking cuz I think it is a problem but I don't think that in the long term it's going to hurt the film because you know, if you sit here and watch this movie with your family, which is what it's meant for, the kids aren't going to care. You know, you can still sit oh, yeah. and, and all of the, the moments that are supposed to hit, hit. You know, it warms your heart. It, it, the movie does its job really, really well. It could just, I think, become even better if that was changed. But otherwise, I mean, it really doesn't <laughs> make it a you know a huge negative at all.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um yeah, I, it, it was just, it was weird to see that. Other than that, though, I mean, I loved the world creation. It was completely authentic all around. Yeah. Uh, I completely bought everything, whether it be scenic design, whether it be costumes, everything came together quite nice and created a, a believable, a believable place, um, the snowball dance happened to be my favorite thing yeah. that just was surprised me. It was absolutely not called for, but absolutely necessary. It was it was delightful. Made every tooth in my 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 face grin. Uh, yes, I said every tooth. I meant it. And um, you know it. I, I I love Journey's hair. I love the costumes.
1: I really yeah, those little cogs in her hair. I mean, that's just like I, I that's oh. just first thing I noticed. I was like, dude, who? I mean, whoever they hired for the just you know vision production design of the film. I mean, knocked it out of the park. I wouldn't be surprised if it was someone who's, you know, who Netflix poached, who's like a like Academy Award level, you know, visual art artist. I mean, it was it was fantastic.
0: Yeah, and I the only other note that I really have is that I I really enjoyed the toy animation. Yeah. Um the, the 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 use for the uh, the story the, book? the narration, the, the storybook great. that yeah. was open whenever they went to it, it was it was quite, quite good and looked clean. It was, it was, it was really, it was really nice. I, I, I have nothing else to really say, Gary. You anything else? Yeah,
1: I got a few things. Um, no, I think absolutely. It, it, well, first of all, let me just give a shout out to you know the, the world building in the, the dialogue. They, you know, when I talk about the square root of possibility and the cosine of belief, and you know, just hokey word stuff that just makes the movie really its own. I mean, I wish that they would play that up a little bit more. There's a few instances in the film where, you know, uh, Forrest Whitaker and Journey, his granddaughter, are, are talking back and forth about, you know, this you know, science of Christmas miracles. And I, I dig it. It's really fun to watch with with the captions on it. It's uh, it, it, There's like a lot of alliteration and, and little things like that but that, that don't make sense at all, but are super super fun to hear. Um, I'm curious about your take on this, but this comes obviously off the coattails of Hamilton, and it is very clearly borrowing really heavily from what made Hamilton, especially the filmed version on Disney Plus, uh, so 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 good. Right? Um, I don't think that the music is like all time great level. I think it's good, but it's not memorable for me. Like there weren't any songs where. The first time I heard them, I was like, wow, I'm going to like, because, you know, the first time you see Frozen, let it go. You're like, yep, that's like an, an all time, you know, Disney song. You, you just know. Or Hamilton. There's a few in there that are all time. I didn't think that the songwriting maybe was uh, 10 out of 10, maybe 8 out of 10. And that's maybe something that prevents it from being truly a great Christmas movie. I think that on the other hand, though, it's really important uh, the amount of diversity that's in the cast, because essentially the entire main cast are made up of of people of color, which is interesting because you know there's been a big push lately to have people of color in leading roles in movies, but not a big push of people of color in Christmas movies. You know, most Christmas movies, you know, that have like family values and stuff or what, like typical Christmas movies are just like a lot of white people. You know, that's most Christmas movies. So this is a this is uh, really important. I thought that was really cool. Because I was like, man, I've seen like 30 Christmas movies and they're all about white families. It's like, you, you know, that's just it's just how it is. Because most of them are like from the 80s or 90s, you know, uh, Home Alone, Rich White Family, and, and a Big House. So this this movie is, is important in that way. But I don't know where it falls along how rewatchable it's going to be in 20 years. Because I'll still watch Home Alone oh, in 20 years. You know, Home Alone's 30 years old. I don't know if this movie is there. And I if it had better music, I think it might be. But the music is just kind of. That's good, but I didn't think it was on that level. What do you think?
0: Wow. Okay, so a lot to unpack there. The music I thought was very good. Um you're right. I think Okay, how do I how do I justify this? I think that Oddly enough, I just watched. Uh, so we just did a, an episode reviewing the movie The Prom, uh, also off of Netflix. Uh, this This past episode, I think now two episodes ago. But anyways, go check it out. But so maybe I'm jaded by that and knowing that music and being underwhelmed there, and maybe I, that causes me to overevaluate this this set of music. I really like to make it twerk again. I mean make it work again cuz I mean I I was yeah. just I was bouncing my booty. So but as as far as like memorable I think you're right. Each each Christmas film either needs to invent a Christmas film that that kind of remains in the vernacular because that's that's the that's the idea right is that anytime any artist makes a christmas song they just hope to make one that gets stuck on rotation and and is and is new and and will continue to play forevermore. if it does that then it also helps boost the credibility of the film one of the things about home alone if we're going to continue on this train is that it has such a bundle of christmas songs that have remained popular will continue to remain popular and are associated with scenes that continue to make it stay staunch and thing. Yep. So whenever you go to original music that is a tough dis- discussion to be like okay then then blow me away and create something that will actually play on the radio will continue to be forever more re- linked to this film and it'll probably be gaining notoriety. Um I think the film breaks barriers. I think that it is noteworthy for being the first of its kind at least in the mainstream yeah, yeah, absolutely. Of, to my to to my knowledge I don't know 20 years that's a tough one I think within my lifetime within 5 to 10 years I will still watch it I think it's going to be in my personal rotation Um, but and I think it'll be an interesting film to just you know pop out where something like the Christmas Chronicles of Netflix's own doing I don't think that that one's at all very good or very inventive but hey it came up with a sequel so what do I know Um, but I think Jingle Jangle itself for me for my nuanced uh, loving Christmas heart I think that it will certainly make its way into a lot of people's hearts and homes for Christmases uh, to come on on that that Christmas rotation Um, but that's just my own personal thing I think that uh, you're right is it the best of its genre no but but is it certainly at least memorable and and groundbreaking? Yeah. Yeah, I I, I would I would certainly classify it under that. There there needs um, to be
1: more you know word of mouth or ever cuz I really didn't know about this movie at all. I mean, at and all, I feel like I'm aware of a all. lot of stuff that's coming out and I mean, obviously outside of 2020, if this movie got a theatrical release, I think it would be pretty big. It would make at least probably 2-300 million dollars because it's got the budget It's got the stars. I mean, it's obviously socially aware. I think that it checks all the boxes of what would make a box office hit outside of a pandemic, right? Um, But what was going on with, like, the lead-up to this movie? Because I feel like it wasn't promoted that much. I mean, was I missing something? Okay, so I...
0: (laughs) I think so. We played before on Give Me Five, right? The 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 on this date release date game, right? And so I think I think it's dual fold. I think we have two problems working in in conjunction here that that kind of underwhelmed at least us, you and me, to get recognition for this film whenever we actually are aware of things. I think that there's two factors. One being it released on November 19th. And while that's not unusual for films to be for Christmas films in particular to release on on in November, mid-November especially, I think that since we're working off of Netflix and that there's no commercials per se except for that first time that that you log in there's one film and unless you are on Twitter or you're on something and you're looking for new stuff to release you only get one shot to show hey this this just released and so when it releases on November 19th i don't think it has that carry carry on that something like the Grinch came with a came with a a brand recognition yeah and you knew hey that's gonna it's gonna have legs it's going to it may not do well originally in november but it will it will carry on throughout the rest of of the of the of the month
1: i mean everybody watched queen's gambit i mean i didn't but i didn't even know what that was but and then i just found out i mean it spread like wildfire it's like the most watched netflix show ever now i mean that was a completely you know original idea and i'm like okay so they Obviously, really pushed Queens Gambit. I'm like, you guys could have, I feel like done something more with this movie because the creator of this movie, I tip my hat to them. It really, I mean, ultimately, my my thing about the movie is it captures the the Christmas magic. I don't even know how to define that, but it captured the Christmas magic. Ten out of ten. So you guys need to go watch it. Netflix, what are you doing? You know, promote this.
0: Absolutely, I think that that I think that that worked, and then also it's. Um... You know, it's a Christmas film. I, I honestly, weirdly enough, because it released on on Netflix, I think more people actually have the ability to be like, oh, come December, I will be in the mood for yeah. a Christmas film, as opposed to going out to the theaters and going to see a Christmas film in November. It's, it's a weird juxtaposition, but I think that, that that's what we're looking at, on why you and me and, and probably a large sect of Netflix's audience were unaware of this film and again it, you're you're absolutely right it's a jewel i can't recommend it enough and that brings us to our ratings so i'm trying to think um what is what is what would you suggest how many sp- spurly whirlies uh are we going to give this film is that what you want to is that what you, we could what say measurement uh, how, you go? how
1: many kringles how many spurly whirlies how many don juans um how many
0: uh well there's only uh, one don true, juan that-
1: uh huh. Um ah. Twirly swirlies, um how many gears? I don't know. How do we want to do this? You I know what, like, you know, I, let's I, I let's I like do this. Twirlies.
0: Yeah, swirly twirlies. Let's just let's stick to that. Gary, go ahead.
1: How many swirly whirlies? He, he, here's my thing. Um I I watched it at like nine AM on a Sunday, and I think I would have given him, you know, four out of five. Are are, are we going five swirly whirlies? Yeah, yeah, five. So, yeah. At first, I was like probably a four, but I think, and this is me being preemptive, but one day I will watch this movie at night with my family, you know, with the lights off, with some cocoa, some Christmas goodies, and I think that it is a five out of five experience in that sense. So I'm going to give it five out of five swirly-whirly, swirly-twirlies, you heard it here first, first movie since... uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest because it hit everything i want w- with a christmas movie even with all the net p- the, the, the the nitpicks i welcome the music um visually it's it's dazzling and i think that if i'm in the mood for christmas movies i typically cut movies a lot of slack if they hit those boxes for me and this movie hit those boxes for me
0: yeah i you know what i've got to i've got to say that I thought I was going to be the egregious one in this evaluation. I'm going four swirly whirlies and a busted one at the end. So four and a half. And I'm honestly going to say that. Yeah, I I think I'm so generous on it. It it, it would be incredibly different. A film and judgment. If, if I didn't, uh, if I didn't know that this was a Christmas film, because as a Christmas film, it's, tremendously better than just a regular film and I think you have to judge it as such because obviously that is what it what it what it is and what it what it's justified as so yes. I go four and a half four and a half as a Christmas film bring around the family bring the children <laughs> go gather around for Christmas and enjoy this film it is so good I cannot I cannot sing its praises any better than they do it's very good enjoy the film Gosh, that's all I had to say about it, really, Gary. Yeah,
1: um, th- this was a very pleasant surprise. You know, you texted me out of the blue and said, let's watch Jingle Jangle. I was like, what the heck is that? It th- that could be a-, a B-level Christmas horror movie, which I don't <laughs> think you would pick. But I was like, it could be that, or it could be... I mean, I in my mind, for some reason, I imagined, like, uh, an animated movie in the style of The Little Prince. For some reason, that's just what I thought, and this was a, a welcome surprise.
0: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I, I would... <laughs> I would advise you to go in not expecting much and try not to watch the trailer. Don't do anything anything rash. Just go and enjoy it and you will get the best experience available to this film. Enjoy. Enjoy this gem. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. And to all, a good, a good night. night. A good night
1: for... Jingling, g- jangly Gary, Professor Emeritus Podcast voucher.
0: That is probably the one time that that's appropriate to say. I'm Philip Amor. I'm Philip Amrine. Thank you so much for listening. Continue to listen to all of our older podcasts. We got some to get you into the holiday spirit. Next uh, podcast, uh, we've got Gimme 5. Make sure to stay tuned and listen to that tomorrow. Uh, If you're subscribed, make sure to click that subscribe button again. And just make sure that it's on. And if you're not, what are you doing? Go ahead and click subscribe. And remember, everybody, remember, are you drunk? (laughs)